You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at whopetspod.com. episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford come right back at you from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcast plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to sports right here at the lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football game source and also the great folks of course at lakersball.com our good friends at lakerholics.com be part of the conversations today at lakersball.com and lakerholics.com plus our good friends at the hoopheads podcast network it is sincerely appreciated also want to make a special note i will drop my interview for everybody out there who's watching on youtube and also listening on podcasts i will go ahead and drop my interview with jeff perlman the award-winning author of the Showtime Lakers Dynasty book that is now the precipice for the great series on HBO starting this weekend, Winning Time. I'm telling you, everybody's excited about this if you're a Lakers fan and also just everybody out there in general looking forward to the next great HBO hit. This could be it. And I talked to the guy who wrote the book that's the basis of the series, Jeff Perlman, That'll be on YouTube and also everywhere you get your podcasts this time, eh, maybe a little bit later tomorrow night. But for now, it's the Lakers and Frank Vogel wasn't fired. First off, he's still around. He's still coaching. Although after one of the most meme-worthy passes in NBA history, DeAndre Jordan was let go and was waived along with the Sekou Demboya off of his two-way contract. They both are gone with rumors abound that DeAndre is headed towards Philadelphia next, and we wish him the best of luck on that. And the Lakers in their place are getting DJ Augustine, who was sitting around doing nothing after he was let go in Houston, and also Wenyan Gabriel, the much-traveled 6'9 young veteran that seems to be on his way to a journeyman's career. So he signed a two-way not really that much to crow about, but you know what? Maybe more bodies into the mix. You never know what's going to happen there. But until they get into the mix, the Lakers had to march on against a very, very good and a very hot Dallas Mavericks team, which had won 20 out of the last 27. 
Luka Doncic is now rounded into shape and he's playing at an MVP like level. And I'll tell you what, tonight it looked from the get go, from the start, that it was going to be another terrible game. In the first half, the Lakers just couldn't get anything done right. That second quarter, especially where they were just outscored 41 to 31. And they were already down by 16 at the half. And again, it was starting to trend down into a direction where the boo birds and the silence that came into play on the other day, that looked like it was going to happen again. But the Lakers came back with a huge third quarter, 31 to 14, and took a six-point lead into the game. A for effort. But we've heard this before, and we'll probably hear it again. Time and time again, the Lakers, unfortunately, couldn't get it done down the stretch. They could not execute turnover after turnover after missed shot. And Luka Doncic, he uh, came to play, and he played like an MVP, and LeBron, unfortunately, didn't. And the Dallas Mavericks beat the Los Angeles Lakers 109-104. to 104. And here today, to go ahead and talk about the game, first off, I saw Laker Tom showing up. Let me see if I can get Laker Tom back on here. It is Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro. And Joe, great to have you here, my friend. Kenneth Stones in the comments, his thoughts on Meta World Peace, thinking the Lakers will still pull off the impossible. Well, you know, it's Meta World Peace. What can you say? Well, Meta Meta's a very positive person. so That he is. He He's going to venture into more of the optimism side of things, and good for him. The reality is this team doesn't know how to play 48 minutes in a basketball game. Uh, if you're lucky, you'll get 36. And then at the end of a game, they will essentially miss layups and play zero defense and never box out and have absolutely no offense to run where you can get an easy basket. Now, they'll do it once in a while. I did like that give and go with uh, LeBron to Westbrook to the for the dunk, but those are anomalies in a in a, in a forty eight minute basketball game. The <clears throat> when they were getting blown out, I think they were down twenty one at one point. Um, I was preparing the show for tonight to essentially give the Lakers the spineless, gutless coward tag. Uh, they did make a run, their usual run. 31 to 14. Uh, yeah. The and then and then in the end they became not spineless, but clueless, which is really what they've been in virtually every game this year. Clueless on how to play cohesive basketball, clueless in playing consistent basketball. And it's Captained by probably the most clueless, uh, delusional first ballot Hall of Famer I've ever watched in my entire life in Russell Westbrook. He, uh, the Lakers made that run this game with him sitting on the bench most of the time. And if the Lakers want to do anything this year of any relevance, they're gonna have to make a decision on a couple things, and then just it doesn't seem like they're gonna do that. They're gonna ride this until it's done. They, I, I watched a seventeen game, seventeen win season before, 
However, it's a little bit more tolerable when you're seeing Ryan Kelly and um, uh, I guess Julius Randle before he was good. Those are some rough years. Don't uh, remind me of it. Sacre and the, the first trip for Ellington when he, he yes. was a starter on that. So for, for me... And it's, even Kent Bazemore when and, he was around. Yeah, so when you have that... G League talent, it's a little bit more tolerable when those guys lose. But when you have two first ballot Hall of Famers who are still capable, and then you have some good athleticism and some decent players, you know, you, you, I don't know. I just, I, 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 this is the worst Lakers season. I can say that without kind of having a revisionist history. You know, it is the worst Lakers season. The worst Laker team in terms of playing the game in and game out that I've ever seen. Even worse than the 05 team that didn't make the playoffs. Uh, obviously, you're not, you know, even though the Lakers getting bounced in the first round in 06, 07, you at least had Kobe doing his thing, so there was entertainment there. I watched the 90s. Uh, 94, they didn't make the playoffs, which was the first time in years where they had to make the playoffs. I don't really remember that year too well because I wasn't watching every Laker game at that point. I was only 16 years old and direct TV and all those things weren't available. But anyways, point is for me in terms of memory and in terms of actually watching the games, this is by far the, it's not even the worst. The worst is not the right uh, word. It is the most pathetic display of basketball I've ever seen a Laker team have. When you factor in the, the talent that's still on the team, it, this doesn't make any sense on why these guys cannot play 48 effing minutes at least a couple times a week. I mean, they have never played, I think, maybe the Celtics game. Maybe the one that they won. Maybe that was the only game that's come into my memory where they played for 48 minutes all the way through. That was, what, two and a half months ago? Yep. They have not. I don't. I don't even remember the last time they had a ten point lead in a game. And again, I'm watching every game. <laughs> I'm watching every game, and my memory is not. I don't remember. I really don't. And I. Well, you got to remember. Like, well, hold on. I the stat I can tell you is that the Lakers for most of the season actually led the league in most double digit leads given up. So they've had more than their share of ten point leads. So they've traded. Up. They've traded giving up the most double digit leads. For a loss. That I do know. In the last month, they have just been pure sewage in general. Just it, it doesn't matter. They're not playing at least 12 minutes of every game at the very least. They don't play. They just don't care. And then in this, you know, LeBron was was playing pretty well and they 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 had some momentum there. And then he absolutely just butchered that ending where he was just turning it over and over. It was like watching, oh, it was, it was like watching uh, Trent Dilfer try to, you know, win a game. It, it just interception after interception. Sorry, Trent. I, that was the first thing that popped in my head. I saw footage of him uh, yelling at a kid. Well, let's talk about um, the game real quick. Yeah. I do want to make mention that the Lakers, again, in the first half, they were actually pretty good as far as starting off the game. They were even had small leads and during the first quarter. But when LeBron went out with about three minutes left uh, in the first quarter to get a rest, 
Unfortunately, the slide started to happen. And at one time, it was down to an 18-point lead for Dallas in the first half. And it looked really dismal. And actually, the Boobers started to come out once again. But the Lakers, that third quarter, you saw the energy. You saw that they can put stops together when they want to, when they're committed to. That 31 to 14 third quarter proves that they can be committed to going ahead and being effective and just basically doing what they need to do on both sides of the ball against good teams. Dallas is a good team. And unfortunately, just down the stretch, as soon as LeBron came back into the fourth quarter with about five minutes left, they were, the lead was already slipping away. They had much as they had as much as a six-point lead early in the fourth quarter. LeBron went out for blow. They were already starting to lose the lead a little bit, but they still had a lead when LeBron came in the game, and unfortunately, just it fell apart from there. There's a little bit of fool's gold in that. A lot of times, these teams will have they'll get an 18, 20 point lead, and they'll, they'll they'll start to relax. That that always happens. The only difference between before and then in this current era is the three point talent. Yes, will allow you to get back into it more. So a twenty point lead, eighteen point lead is it's just not what it used to be. It's it's what a 10-point lead used to be. I, I can honestly say a 20-point lead is what a 10-point lead was 15 years well, ago. Well, you keep saying it, my friend, and it keeps proving itself out. So yeah. it's very, very concerning for Lakers fans. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch the Tomorrow War before the Matrix? Yes. You forced me down. I was tied into a chair, and I had to watch one thing. I would say the Matrix Resurrections. Really funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, the Lakers do fall to the Dallas Mavericks, 109-104. to 104. I do want to mention LeBron James had 26 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 turnovers, but he's handling the ball a lot. 4 turnovers for us is acceptable. Russell Westbrook, again, another horrible shooting day, 0 for 4 from 3, 5 of 17 overall, 12 points, 8 assists, three, uh, no, 0 turnovers. So 8 assists and 0 turnovers. So he at least that part of the game he turned around. Malik Monk, 17 points. Carmelo Anthony, 20 points, 3 of 6 from 3. But again, the help is very spotty, very inconsistent. Just not there like what you see on Dallas where Jalen Brunson was assisting Luka Doncic and playing a very good game himself. He's sending himself for a big paycheck during the summer because I think he's going to be a free agent. So he is really setting himself for a well-paid summer. Also as well, got to mention that Dwight Powell came in as far as start into the starting lineup for them as their starting center. Overpowered the Lakers at times on his way to 13 points and 7 rebounds. Spencer Dinwiddie who really at times was causing havoc for the Lakers, 14 points and nine assists, just a more consistent effort. And also as well, you had Dorian Finney-Smith with 16 points and nine rebounds. Just a, you, you see it right there. The more, consistency is on these other teams that just the Lakers do not have at this point in time. So why do you think that is? 
Well, the roster makeup. Is it it's coach, the players? Is it, it Runson? I can you know I can understand you. He, but like, also the execution of the coach, the plays that they're running, the the things that they're doing, the isolation. They're not moving the ball. When they were at their most successful in that third quarter, they were moving the ball in in the offense. They were executing a lot of transition. And they were playing committed defense. They stopped doing that after the five-minute mark of the fourth quarter. So we need to ask the question, I guess, who would have the guts to get up in the media room and ask Frank Vogel, Frank, go coach, why does your team only play 36 minutes out of the 48? Now, the problem with asking Frank that question is he's going to give you the company line because he's the company man. And then if I'm... I guess asking that question again, maybe in a more intimate setting instead of a big media crowd. Frank, if you want to do this off the record, fine. What the F is wrong with your team? Why don't they play 48 minutes a game? Why did they play like gangbusters in the third quarter and then play like complete schleps when it matters in the, in the fourth? Why? What, what happens? My assessment, again, in the third quarter is it's, it's a combination of a couple things. When you're down by 18, 20, it, it's a little less pressure for you to make a shot, right? Because now you're behind and you're like, well, might as well give it a shot. And your, your, your thinking isn't as, as stressful. And then on, on top of that, you're, you're factoring in that the other team is getting relaxed because they're up by 20. It's, it's, that's the reason why that happened. It's, I'm not going to give the Lakers a lot of credit for that. It was just the circumstance. Because when it mattered, when they had a five-point lead, a six-point lead. They're just finding could, ways to lose. You could see it. Even when they were up six, I'm like, they, they're playing like complete buffoons. Missing layups left and right. And just Westbrook taking a shot from what? What was it, 28 feet? Yeah. I'm like, dude, you can't even make a layup. You want to shoot from 28 feet? So, and, and there's no, there's no accountability. You know, this is a, it's unaccountable. These, these players are not accountable for anything they do. You got a coach that's going this, like Jason Garrett and the former Cowboy coach. What, what is this? What, even when LeBron makes that analogy from last Yeah, it's, 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 it's aggravating. And, and I know it's so frustrating though. What's so frustrating is that Jason Kidd, who was the Lakers assistant coach, is the is the head coach of Dallas. They have the number two defense in the entire league, and he has already gone on record and admitted to stealing a lot of the properties that he learned under Frank Vogel. Okay, so Frank is there's no doubt about it that Frank is a is an is a is an Italian chef that has been given seafood ingredients. <laughs> If, if, if Jason I feel said like we're that, on restaurant impossible. Okay, if because why you think Frank Vogel forgot how to coach defense six months ago? No, the the team went in, went through droughts last year. I remember that the problem with the the inconsistency last year was they had every I, I mean it was like every game, every game there was like a three five minute gap in the game where they wouldn't get a point. So they overcorrected. And again, I supported it. I thought Russell Westbrook would be a good third star. He would be able to handle the ball when LeBron needed to rest a little bit. We're all, I was, you know, we were all wrong on that. I was wrong beyond 
beyond anything I've been wrong in, in any sports thing in my life. I have never in my life been this wrong ever. I mean, I'm, it's, it's almost nauseating how wrong I was. So Frank needs what Jason has, and I'm pretty sure Frank would be able to coach those guys. Unfortunately, he doesn't have guys that have, uh, that are capable of spacing of knowing how to guard consistently throughout a 48 minute game. When your leaders are not available, that doesn't help either. When one of your leaders is a, is a, is a spaz and is continually a spaz, how come we weren't missing layups last year and all of a sudden we get the guy that's missing layups left and right, all of a sudden everybody on the team is missing layups. There's a cancer that's on this team that if you don't cut this thing out, you're going to let it spill into next year. Or... You're just going to kill us this year for sure. You're not even going to give us a shot at maybe getting lucky because if there's ever a year where something could happen that could be surprising, it would probably be this year with all the COVID stuff, with all the inconsistencies going on in the NBA. There might have been a shot. I don't know, maybe a one, at least a 1% shot where, you know, like five years ago, this would have been would have, would have been done already. It's uh it's a shame. That's it's what it is. A, yeah, shame Shame is a good word. I would say shame is probably the best word to describe this. And it, it. I'm trying to figure out what is our commentary going to be as this continues? What? What? How many times are we going to say maybe it's time to let Vogel go? Maybe it's time to bench Westbrook? Well, what I got to this- go, be honest with you, my friend. You know, and it, you would normally associate the Lakers losing ways to less enthusiasm about the product, but it seems to be capturing the attention of both non-Lakers fans and Lakers fans. Like it's like watching a car crash go by. You can't help but look. Our numbers are better than ever as far as the audio podcast is concerned. Our YouTube numbers are up. Our Facebook numbers are up. So people are obviously watching what's going on. They're voicing their frustration more than ever, but still they cannot stop watching the Lakers when they're doing good. And of course, also when they're doing bad. Well, yeah, again, when you get to the, to the, to the facts of things, you know, with all the, I always, I was, it was funny. I, 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 it's weird how things happen. It's really weird how sometimes you can, you almost feel like you manifested something to happen. Now, I'm not saying I manifested COVID, but I remember three years ago, <laughs> I said, you know, you know, you know how politics has gone the way it's gone. And I, I remember everyone and I'm a, I'm, I, I'm a sports guy. I'm watching. I know things about this. So you hear that commentary. Oh, I'm never going to watch these guys. And oh, the ratings are down. I read it on a, some newspaper online. Like everybody would yap about, oh, we're not watching. And that means the ratings are down. And that means something's going to happen that's bad for them. I'm like, guys, um, I hate to rain on your parade, but I, I, I said this. I said, the NFL could have no fans and still make their money. The fans in this concessions is just extra money. They don't with the it. Lakers, they're, now, again, that's why it, ES, well, that's why ESPN and so many other supporting outlets always say, you need to focus on the Lakers, no matter where they're at in the standings, because so many people follow everything that they do. So shift that to the NBA. Adam Silver was the first commissioner 
to really support gambling, right? He yes. wanted more gambling to kind of take a, take the forefront. Let's get real here. Let you know this is an important part of the the business. Well, the NBA didn't have any fans. I guess the ratings were down during the finals and all that stuff. But w- w- what did it really do? I, I didn't. Did, what did the, did the didn't the cap go down like a couple mil? Uh, the well, didn't year. do really that much, and then yeah, of course yeah. now so, the numbers are back, back, you know, pretty good as well. And again, the numbers are back. NFL's doing well, so how does this all make sense? Well, in the end, the reason why our podcast is is, is growing is because people like to see people like us angry. It's drama, right? It's better to sit here and go, "These guys are gutless. These guys are blah blah blah," because you're probably speaking for them as well. Now, if the Lakers are winning, it's still exciting. People are still going to probably, you know, Come tune in, tune in, in yes. right? But when you're sitting there going, oh, these guys are playing great. I can't wait till next week. Uh, I think they'll probably get bored after a while. And that's what I call the Howard Stern effect. What did they say when, when they were checking the ratings back in the 80s for Howard Stern? They'd say, well, his listeners would listen for 30 minutes. The people who, who liked them, right? The people who hated him listened for three and a half hours. And the guys are like, if they don't like him, why are they listening to him? Well, just like the people who like them, they want to hear what he has to say next. So the podcast numbers are going up. And by the way, I did notice that. I was actually checking it this last couple of days. I'm like, wow, those numbers seem to be increasing. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we know what we're talking about. And maybe there's some emotion there that's allowing a little bit of kind of living through them, them living through us in expressing the frustration on what is no doubt the worst Lakers season I've watched. And the, I don't want to use bad words on this, but the the least intelligent team I've ever watched a Laker have. And again, I know that they've had worse seasons, but this is the least intelligent basketball team on as, as a Laker fan as a Laker team that I've ever watched the worst that's where it is it's not it, the proof is in the pudding they're terribly disciplined there's no accountability and LeBron is known for his basketball IQ and I'm sorry but I've, I've watched LeBron I've watched him for almost four years now I think his basketball IQ is a little overrated I think he makes way too many bad mistakes during games. He makes terrible mistakes. I think a little bit's father time. He can't. I don't do think it is. No, time. I don't think it is. There's no reason. I'm sorry, but I watched Carl Malone. I watched John Stockton play as much as LeBron has. I don't remember them making these kind of mistakes. But how many titles did they win? Well, I mean. You can't really blame him for that. I mean, Michael Jordan was there at that time. You think uh, you think LeBron? He wasn't, think, he wasn't there every single year. I'll just leave it at that. You think LeBron would have won titles if Jordan was playing right now? I just want to make sure we go ahead and note, though, that Dontrell, Ferdinand, Renard, thank you so much for following the Lakers fast break. They've been doing it while we've been on the air. Should we comment Evo, while we're on the radio? Yeah, Avo and Kenneth have been just – they've been great comments. There have been great comments from Avo and Kenneth Stone all, all while we're doing this. So we want to thank you so much for the great comments. Truly appreciate it. Once again, the Lakers do fall in the fourth quarter. Couldn't execute down the stretch. Once again, it is 109-104, to 104, a victory by Dallas. I'm moving 
right now Luka Doncic into my top five. I'm creeping him into my top five right now in the MVP battling. He's really starting to show that it is a matter of him focusing and getting into shape because once he gets into shape, he's uh, he, well, the way he can control and manipulate a game is very similar to what LeBron can do and LeBron has done in his prime. Even LeBron just in the bubble. The way he commanded the game is very similar to what I'm seeing now with Luka Doncic and the way he's able to go ahead and manipulate the game in the fashion that suits him best. So really just it's a great performance by Luka. LeBron, again, just you couldn't get it done. The execution, like you said, just the poor IQ plays, not just by him, not just by Westbrook. The entire team just couldn't get the job done when they needed to the most. Uh, Luca's just got one problem, and it's similar to Trey Young. They're they're irritants. I don't know. How, what, well, they complain. They complain. Yeah, I get it's that. Really, it's really re- yeah. It's but really, you cannot dismiss their greatness. Both yeah, they're them. good, but I I, I don't want to watch whining every five minutes of the game. It's nonstop. He's yeah. He can't complain yapping. as much. He's already met his quota for the technicals. Oh, God, He's already at just, thirteen for the season, so he can't get any more. I can't. I can't. I, I, this is why I would never be able. This is why I never went into coaching. Uh, I was. <laughs> I just. I, I'd be like, "What are you doing? You're." you're you, you, you get like thirteen T's if you could. I would. I would game. get. I would get fired after a month on a team. They'd be like, "Oh, this guy's. They can't coach this team." You're like, "I'm right. You're right. I can't. I don't want my players." whining all uh, the time life in the NBA, like, that's dude. life in the nba my friend i mean Ugh. life in the nba but yeah. i will tell you out there once again please go ahead and check out joe soro as he whines and also says a lot of great things at lakersball.com please be part of the game time chat that they have each and every game at lakersball.com I do want to give a special shout out to Laker Tom, who was going to join us, but then he said, is Joe there? I said, yes, Joe is there. I want to take a day off because he always talks about coming on when they're losing. So he just wanted the day off. So he said, I'll see you Thursday. (laughs) So that's fine. No problem. But please check out Laker Tom's latest articles, five questions whose answers could change the future of the Los Angeles Lakers. Check it out today at Lakerholics.com. Also check out Jamie Sweet's Five Things article. That'll be another humdinger when he posts it tomorrow on this game. But I'll tell you what, my friend, again, I'm looking forward to my interview tomorrow that will drop everywhere you get your podcast on the Lakers Fast Break channel with award-winning author Jeff Perlman, the guy who wrote the Showtime book. The Showtime book is now available. Showtime is actually, I'm going to bring up the entire title here in a second, but it is Jeff Perlman. He's he actually wrote the book that the basis of the HBO upcoming series Winning Time is based off of. So please, if you can go ahead and check out tomorrow, it'll be available on YouTube. It'll be available everywhere you get your podcast. And if you know you already are on Facebook, you can go ahead and just scroll down. It's already there for you. I already recorded it. And he had some great things to say about the series, about what's going on with it, how it relates to his book. He was just so happy to be a part of it. So, yeah, just catch the great interview I have upcoming with him coming up. It'll be dropping tomorrow night on YouTube and also everywhere you get your podcasts. Again, his book is called Showtime, Magic, Kareem, Riley, and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty of the 1980s. It is by Jeff Perlman. It's available now at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. 
the book I interviewed with him last year, Three Ring Circus, about Kobe, Shaq, and Phil, and the early 2000 years and about what all that went on, that is heavily rumored to be possibly the season two. Yes. Yes. That's that's yeah. the one I can't wait for. That's <laughs> heavily rumored. So if HBO's winning time does well in season one, you could very well see that as season two. So who plays we'll, Kobe? Who plays Shaq? Shaq? Who the heck's going to play Shaq? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see from there, my friend. But you know what? It's been great talking to you as always, my friend. I wish it was under winning circumstances, but we're trying to keep everybody here up to date on what's going on. One last thing I do want to mention again, I brushed over quickly. I don't expect much from DJ Augustine coming in as a backup point guard. Also as well, Wenyan Gabriel coming in on a two-way contract. We already let go Sekou Demboya, who was on a two-way contract, obviously didn't develop as much as we wanted to. Plus also as well, we got rid of DeAndre Jordan. And most likely, it was not because of that meme shown around the world on Twitter the other day that he passed and went well into the crowd. It was just one of the worst passes I've ever seen. He is most likely going to Philadelphia as a backup center to Joel Embiid. But yeah, he was let go the other day as well. But these guys, Wendy Gabriel and DJ Augustine, do you expect anything from them no. before we head on out? No, unfortunately, I I don't. And that pass Two years too just, late for DJ Augustine. Yeah, well, DJ, unfortunately, never he just never even got close to living up to who he was supposed to be there that pass was a microcosm of the entire Lakers season yeah. so it made sense for him to, to to create the meme of the year and then that was the that was what was the final swan song for his Laker career I'm sure we'll probably we'll see he, he actually gets along with everybody but I, I'm the first thought I had was when he gets to Philly that somebody's going to ask him a question about the Lakers he's going to say well this is what happened over there, and everybody's going to. Well, at least the Lakers weren't arguing with fans like the last game, because last game got so bad that a fan was actually escorted out of the building. There was actually shouting matches between Lakers players and the crowd. At least the Lakers crowd didn't go off too much. They did in the first half a little bit, but they didn't go off in the second half until the Lakers start to falter. Yeah, I don't know what it is with the Lakers and getting. In- entangled with fans i know lebron doesn't set a good example there when i used to remember the fans getting on players it'd be you know i remember if they got on kobe if they got on michael jordan they'd be like you know they'd look at him go okay you want to show you what what's up and then they'd show him up you know now it's like <laughs> can you kick him out he's hurting my feelings i mean again it's it makes so much sense it makes so much sense on why this team is so mentally just pathetic it's just they let some yahoo on in the stands get to them uh you know so it's it, it makes so much sense that something like that would get to them you guys are professionals you guys know that you're gonna be first of all you're the la lakers i'm, I'm sure they they should be used to this by now i mean they get it on the road don't they uh, unless they're saying something racial or something about, you know, inappropriate, something inappropriate, really, yeah. then, then that's a different story. Yeah. Then at that point, but I, I would still be like, Hey, I'd go talk to the usher. Like, Hey man, this guy just dropped something, you know, they shouldn't have and get them out there, get, get them, them out of here. There. But I don't think showing them up the way they're showing them up, it just makes them look petty. If you, and on our, I was listening to this on the radio. If you're, you know, by Amino Hassan, he pointed out, if you're if you're standing up there and saying, like, you and I are there, and we're saying that you're, you're playing like garbage, and your team is garbage, and, you're, you know, 
you're not saying anything too out of line. You're just showing off what a fan normally could do as far as voicing their opinions on that part of it. That's something that you're going to have to tolerate as a player, I believe. But so, when, like you said, there is a line that as a fan you should not cross. And if you do cross it, like we talked about inappropriate or any racial slander or anything like that, that's that's not called for at all. Well, again, I'm, I'm you know, my teams, Steelers, Dodgers, Lakers, have some of the worst fan base in terms of erratic behavior. Um, I'd say Philly's probably the worst. Uh, Raiders get a bad – Raiders have the ultimate rap about that, but I actually have gone to Raider games, and I I, I, I don't know. Well, maybe I've, heard, I've heard things about said about as far as you – know, NBA as far as from a racial standpoint, unfortunately, in areas such as Boston, areas such as Salt Lake City for Utah. I mean, there's several places you could mention that have their both their good and their bad fans. So we want to go ahead and say it's, there are fans that support their team throughout thick and thin, and they are deserved to be applauded. And then there are fans that are, again, just go over the line and, and shouldn't be doing that. So I was at the game when Kwame Brown, this was night 2007. I was at the game at, at Staples when Kwame Brown was a turnover machine, a disaster. I think the only thing I yelled at was get him out of there, get him out of there. And my buddy got so angry. He, he literally got out of his seat, needed E. And I was like, ah, as he was getting out, he was so bad. I, I just kind of let him go at that point. And I remember yelling, get him out of there, get him out of there. And then after a few minutes, I realized Phil Jackson's not going to get him out of there because I think he wants this to happen so that, you know, we can, I don't know. He wanted it to happen. Right. And then, of course, a month later, we ended up tra- trading trade, for, yeah. which changed. And history. it all worked out there. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, my friend, it's still great talking to you. Once again, it's Joe Soro. He is Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Please be part of the conversation during game time at LakersBall.com. Plus, also as well, be part of the conversation today after the game at Lakerholics.com. Please check that out there. Plus, our good friends of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, they have a ton of NBA shows. I know a lot of them are probably teasing and picking on the Lakers right now because that's probably the favorite sport outside of the NBA right now. But I'll tell you what, I'm still hoping that things will happen for the Lakers. But we will be back on Thursday. That's right. Thursday against the Clippers. It's still be playing in the Crypto.com arena. It will be on the road against the Clippers. It's at a 7 p.m. game time. It's going to be on TNT. We'll be on after the game. I think Laker Tom said he wanted to be back on Thursday. Joe, maybe we'll be back as well. I don't know. He might be frustrated. We'll see. I'm hoping he'll come back as well. If you have any questions for us, at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Once again, the Lakers do fall with a fourth quarter. Just a... Lakers lose, which is yeah, just, yeah, just fourth quarter just... collapse. Just Lakers lose, one hundred nine to one hundred four on a fourth quarter collapse. We'll be back on Thursday, hopefully with some better things to tell everyone out there, and hopefully a Lakers win against the Clippers, and maybe they'll go ahead and change around that record. Right now, ninth place, still ninth place in the standings, but the bottom is getting closer and closer and closer, and that's not a good thing for the Lakers. They're now only two games in front of the New Orleans Pelicans and Portland Trailblazers with a 27-34 record. So we'll see if they can turn that around on Thursday right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.